Welcome, 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 listener, once again to Cult Following, the Phoenix, Arizona area's leading podcast on film culture and criticism. We are a bunch of friendly cinephiles here, explorers in the further reaches of cinema, angels to some, perhaps demons to others. I'm one of your three hosts for this podcast, Victor Marino, along with Kirby Nelson. Adam Rakowski. Meow. Together, the three of us work hard to bring you stuff like cult classics AZ every month at Pollock Tempe Cinemas. Join us on January 14th for 30th anniversary edition of The Lost Boys. Tickets on sale now at cultclassicsaz.com. Adam's also the projectionist at the Alamo Draft House with fun programming all the time. You can find them at drafthouse.com. And you can find us on iTunes at Cult Following. Subscribe, give us a like, tell your friends. And we have tons and tons and tons of film reviews at cultfollowing.co. Check it out. You can find your favorite movie there. And this is basically our 49th episode now, you guys. One away from the big five. Not even basically it is. I know. But basically. Judd Judy would love that. Yeah. This is episode 49. We're doing a catch-up because we have been so, so busy the past month. It's been crazy. And you can find out because we've had a lot of movies in the last month. We've had a lot of reviews in the past month. Just been busy in general. In general. Basically. I heard Passengers is really creepy. I will know that tonight because I am seeing Passengers tonight, and I'll have a review for it up on Cult Following tomorrow or probably later tonight. I heard it's a creepy present uh, premise. Yes. I've tried to know as little as possible, and avoiding spoilers to that film has been really hard because yep. everyone hates it, and I probably will too. Unless it goes full event horizon, I can't imagine it being that good or creepy. But Oh, I'm sure it's terrible. Like, we'll, I'll, we'll drop in a note. When this review is posted and say, Victor was right. It was terrible. Alrighty. <laughs> Sounds good to me. But uh, yeah, and we'll also have reviews for um, Assassin's Creed this week and Fences. Also looks terrible. Yes. I can't even lie, folks. Assassin's Creed looks fucking terrible. It's like Prince of Persia terrible. Yeah. Which is funny though. That Which is, is the, the last uh, big budget video game animation. More importantly than that, it is the highest, highest grossing, grossing big budget. Big I had budget. no idea. I really it made thought, money. Well, it is Disney's Prince of Persia. That's true. Yes, but it's still amazing that uh, video game adaptations, obviously. Bigger than ever as a business, video games are, but adaptations are pretty much. I don't think it goes the other way, you know, because I'll put it this way. The other day I watched this uh, horror movie called Let's Be Evil, and uh, it has a little girl who played Cosette in the Les Miserables remake. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, the whole movie's it's trying to be found footage, but it's like augmented reality game. Like you switch perspectives and you're seeing it kind of like Hardcore Henry. Okay. And Hardcore Henry's another good example where it's just trying to put you in the movie like a video game. It's a first-person movie. Yeah, and I just, you know, I'm watching, I'm thinking, this is just like playing a video game, but I can't do anything. So I don't really know the video game experience translates to movies like the other, like it does vice versa. Agreed. Well, I think you just write, I mean, everybody, every, uh, 
I mean, past generally the retro era, retro era outside of PC gaming, and even then there were limitations. I'm pretty sure most you know most games didn't really have a story, and now story is so paramount to most games. I mean, cutscenes are half the game now. I mean, I'm pretty sure any genre, with the exception of maybe and not even all first-person shooter games because even though some of those are have a at least for a story mode have quite a bit of yeah know. and even like the big the triple a you know premium games are basically cut scenes with gaming in between it's a movie yeah it's a movie where then you get to play whatever it is the next part i mean like uncharted to me is a lost indiana jones movie basically or indiana jones style movie so you got like you know on average, maybe ten dollars to go see a movie. You know, first run. You got sixty, at least sixty bucks for a game. Obviously, you don't have everybody and your grandmother playing a video game, but th- those games are returning more money in the long run than feature films do. Oh yeah, I totally believe that's it, true. As long as it is, it's just like films, though. As long as it doesn't get stuck in development hell or ends up being like vaporware or something like that, a game can be. You know, for, I mean, it, you know, it, I'm looking at like some of the, the AAA titles like Victor mentioned, which means, you know, one of the a studio's top title that's going to come out, maybe the cornerstone of their business for that year, uh, you know, it's 60 bucks the next year. I mean, a lot of games like Uncharted 4, I think is being packaged right now with the PS4 still. Yeah, that's I mean, how it's, I got it's still, mine. It's still a 50 $60 game now. And so is, uh, you know, Mortal Kombat X. Oh, but- if it didn't have the XL, it would have yeah. stayed at 50 60 And then you got to get the gold pack and the yep. silver mm-hmm. pack. You well, know, that's $129. That's a whole yeah. other discussion, yeah. The whole, I mean, pe- some people are willing to wait for a game of the year edition or to wait for... Whatever it is. But, I mean, I, it really just depends on what kind of games you're playing. Like, most of the ones, I'm willing to wait up to six months to a year to play. Because I, I just don't think it's worth it for me. It, I held off on getting a PlayStation 4 for a couple years. So, so I. I just got mine yeah, like me a few too. months ago. I yeah. just got it because now I can month. pick and choose all those games I want to play, and they're all like 20 bucks. Exactly. And I'm enjoying them. I, was, I, I got God of War 3 remastered, and playing that is like watching a movie. It is. I mean, all of them. I mean, I have so many. I pre-ordered a lot of them when they were on sale. Like, I bought the Doom Collector's Edition uh, this summer for thirty-five bucks. I didn't have the PS4 or forty bucks. I mean, it was half price. Uh, Uncharted Three. I remember on the PS3. I remember buying that Collector's Edition. It had an all-time low on Amazon to like twenty-seven dollars with the statue. And it's like, and that's the thing. I'm I'm just more patient with gaming. But I understand people. I only bought one first run game, our first uh, day release title ever, and that was the Nostromo edition of Alien Isolation mm. for my PS3. You know, huge regret, obviously, because it, you know, tipped down in value and was available soon thereafter everywhere, whereas originally it was a GameStop exclusive. And now, of course, you can get the PS4 edition for 15 bucks with everything upscaled and you know, a lot of, as Adam mentioned, DLC. But I, I think that Adam brings up a good point. I mean, you know, on your ROI for studios, whether it's a game or a film studio, in the end, it's like, I think people want to see video game films. I mean, I think there's a lot of dream um, films people would like to see. But it's really difficult because, you know, I mean, like a big one I always think of is Bioshock. I know a ton of people mm-hmm. would love to see as a film. And, it may come out someday, but I mean, it's like you look at the real successes with video game films so far, and then you look at like 
I remember like whatever it was 16 years ago, 16 years ago, or almost 17, that Final Fantasy's The Spirits Within came out. I thought it was going to be like the biggest movie ever. <laughs> and and like I thought people were going to lose their minds for it. And it's it's it literally crashed a, a huge chunk of square that that invested into their film division. Well, I remember they made such a big deal ahead of time like this is the first time you're seeing photorealistic CGI humans and that was the big thing. Like I remember the main character girl even had a spread in Maxim like can you tell her apart from a real girl, you know? Did you jack off to it? No. Okay. Yeah, no. I'm I never, looking I don't for think the I honest. Even, I, I don't even think I ever even saw that movie. I, I, I saw it, it in the theater. I but. remember it used to play in the video store I went to all the time on, you know, fairly often. And people were like, what is that, a video game? But see, that was my expectation. The only reason I had, and I wasn't a gamer really at the time. More of my experience came from my brother being such a huge fan. The only reason I had gaming knowledge at that point in time or experience, besides growing up in the classic retro era, was because of uh, uh, having my brother play a lot of these games. Like, I just thought Final Fantasy VII was just the biggest game, you know, and it was. And I'm like, oh, all those people are going to show up. This is, and it's not. It's like, People talking about like people on computers. I'm like, that's only happened like the last ten years, and really, you can only argue since the advent of smartphones. Yeah, have people been super online? Like, that's not true at all. Because I oh, knew yeah. very I mean, few I can, people. You can go anywhere, yeah. and there's people playing Candy Crush. Yeah, on their phone that would never play a regular video game. Well, and that's true too. And the Wii is still. I mean, I think second only to PS2 is the best selling system of all time in terms of units. But, you know, also the PS2 had a DVD player, you know, and then yeah. people forget that. I mean, on the cinema tip, too, I mean, that was the reason the Dreamcast failed. And the Wii succeeded because of the novelty of motion controls. It was like a VR experiment yeah. that Nintendo didn't fail at, finally. And now everyone's getting excited about VR. And I'm like, I- I'm going to wait a few few more years or a decade until it's sunglasses I can put yeah, on. Yeah, I've and played that's the it. Sony VR, and it looks cool, but it's not like... You need some novelty. kind of a gimbal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It's a novelty. I think 3DS so far has been the best thing. But in terms of crossover, I, mean, I look at most films, and I mean, you know, they're finally burying Resident Evil, allegedly. After seven films, this will be the seventh. I somehow doubt it. And it's, but I mean, it's like. It's, it's like Sony's guilty pleasure. It's the movie that makes the money, but that they, like, spend the least marketing on, I feel. Yeah. But it's also got Underworld Syndrome, which is also coming out where the star is married to the director. No, not anymore. They got divorced. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Sorry. I don't. Yeah. I didn't read that edition of OK. So, yeah. People. But I I would believe it. But yeah, no. Underworld Blood Wars is like the. You know how we did our dump movies. This is it's like the it's the quintessential dump movie that was meant to be like a big budget summer movie and it's like coming out in two weeks and nobody gives a fuck well it's also 14 years since the original movie almost step by the yeah, time it comes it's out one so. of, but they make money you no know? exactly yeah. you can make it's like they would say that what the studio goes it's like a dirty little secret yeah and every studio's got them obviously and they're still coming out i mean it's that's why we have smurfs four is it a really lost village oh yes. my god they just drop the numbers now it's just Whatever the title of it they wanted to be. But speaking of which, I realized when we walked into just like our, Transformers, it does. It's not Transformers Five. It's Transformers. What King of Transformers? The last night. The last night. 
Is that really coming out too? I mean, yeah. I believe yeah, it, but I just year. I just don't pay attention to these they trailers. They shot some anymore. of it on the three hundred three. Did they really? Yeah, yeah oh, I got the whole list of all the movies that are coming out next year today from a bunch of the studios, and it's like all the sequels don't don't have numbers. Even Blade Runner's sequel because the trailer hit today. It's two thousand forty nine. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they learned their lesson from the '80s, and people don't want that anymore. Or Have they you just seen see, the trailer they... for that yet? By the no, way, I haven't watched it. Yet. Dude, it is the most yeah. nostalgia y trailer ever. Yeah, like, obviously, remember Adam's, Blade Adam's Runner? Hard. It's like member berries on South Park. Remember Blade Runner? Oh yeah, I remember Blade Runner. <laughs> remember yeah. when he played the piano? Oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> Watch it's, South Park if you don't know what I'm doing. I haven't actually seen an episode, but I don't need to because that's everything else. Yeah. Like the nostalgia machine of, yeah, I mean, everything is, I mean, that's all your clickbait, your BuzzFeed list, your watch mojo. Yeah. Everything is that. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> when you were a child and everything was okay and your formative years and you loved this, it's back in pog form. <laughs> He's back in pog form. I mean, that's the way I view it. I don't know. What do you think, Adam? I mean, obviously you're excited about Blade Runner, but I mean, what do you think about the nostalgia-ass marketing? I don't know. Overplayed, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, It kind of ruins some some of the magic, I suppose, in a way, when they make a movie that's all, like, throwback, nostalgic y like... Yeah, like member berries. Yeah. I don't know. I'll give it up. One I will give it up to that I thought was pretty great was uh, the new Alien Covenant and just doing that poster and being like, that's it. Yeah. That's all you get. Like, I kind of like that in a way. It's just like, here you go. If we're going to talk about a movie that's coasting highly on how much you love the original, then we should probably talk about Rogue One. Well, I haven't seen it yet, so. Oh, no. Sorry. We'll God have to wait. It. It'll have to be a New Year's special. I'm sorry. I, I have, I'm have. i waiting for uh, my my uh, brother will be in town. He's probably already seen it three times, but um, it's kind of now a family tradition to go see on Christmas since we saw Force Awakens. That and since sense. And since Disney will be putting out a new one every single year. Forever. Uh, forever. Yeah. You know, I'm just waiting for the Star Wars TV show is really <coughs> what I'm waiting for there, at this there's point. There's uh, Rebels, the cartoon. That's no, 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 uh, live action. That's what I'm waiting for. Nah, I don't think it'll happen. I don't know. What do you think, Adam? I don't know. Okay, well. I don't think they're going to do the TV show anytime soon. Not anytime soon, but I eventually imagine that it'll yeah. become a bingeable show. Well, since I brought it up, I'm not going to spoil it for you. If you liked episode four, you'll probably like this movie. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm willing to give it a shot. I like that they're finally departing from everything Um, in that respect. You know, I like a completely standalone or or largely standalone. How about that? Yeah, pretty much. I like that, that they're starting very fresh. Kind of. As fresh as they possibly can in the sense of that (coughs) I don't ever have any expectation that won't reference – the previous you know films because i don't have that illusion at all because it's always going to be in the same timeline and all that but new more new characters new situations new stories i think are uh i I, it's like the i've always said i only read a few when i was a kid but the whole like timothy zahn the whole star wars universe i think is more interesting than 
in playing like Star Wars role playing games and stuff as a kid with my brother, I think Star Wars universe is more interesting than the Star Wars films personally. Like I think there's so much limitless potential for it in that respect. Video games, another one. I mean, huge franchise of gaming, and a lot of the big ones have obviously were like the open world or the story driven ones. So, I mean, it's it's. I'm like I said, I'm not a huge. We're Star just Wars biting player. our tongues because oh. we can't tell you. Anything. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I I've got the. Because gen- we could tell you how much this is not a standalone film. No, 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 and I understand that. I don't mean it like that. I it's that's not the He's purpose. He's just telling of, us what he hopes will happen. No, right. no, no, no. It's not even hopeful. It's that I go at least there's something what I'm trying to say is at least there's something out there that they're finally getting away from in even even in the most minute way because The Force Awakens, I'm just sitting there going, this is a jack off reunion film. And personally, that, that's why I didn't like it. And if that's what happens in this film, then that's what happens in this film. But I, at least the, when I'm watching the trailer, I'm going, there's a, some excitement. Because I have no real fandom for the mm. Star Wars franchise, personally. So, I'm at least hopeful. Yeah. That's all I can leave it as. So, I'll let you know when I see it. And we can go from there. Yeah, I do like the idea of them doing movies set in the Star Wars universe that aren't based on the Skywalker family tree, though. Because there's so much going on there. I don't really... I mean, I hate to say it, but like, I'm not super into Episode Eight because I don't really like... I don't really need to know who Ray's father is because there's only so many people it could be, and it feels like it's just a guessing game, kind of. I'm know. not getting into the middle of this. No. Oh, no, no, no. I just wanted to clarify the way I feel. It's kind of more of an outsider looking in, I guess is the best way to describe it. I'm not an outsider. I grew up with it. I just mean that I think for a lot of people, you know, their fandom, it, you know, it's, if, if it makes you happy, enjoy it. For, for me, it's um, part of the reason, obviously, I, I was more excited about Force Awakens than the, the episodes one through three. Mm-hmm. But... What I always wish for is just like I wish for a lot of franchises I grew up with, G.I. Joe, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Masters of the Universe. I'm always – it's not because I want the whole Dark Knight treatment, but I do want a darker version of what I grew up with. And it's just never going to happen because it's it's just too much marketing involved. So I guess that's what I'll leave it as is that I'll never end up getting what I want personally. Yeah. So I just kind of hope – the only one thing I have heard from a lot of people that they did see the movie – was that they, it did take a more, you know, obviously the whole Lucas slapstick shit is gone from his versions. It's not heavy, heavy duty. There's still like, there's still humor in the film series, but that's one thing I hated about episodes one through three. I mean, they were kids' movies, whereas yeah. I felt like there was at least some maturity in episodes four through six. And even in The Force Awakens, I felt like an adult really can enjoy this film more and that's what i have heard about rogue one from a lot of yeah people. i would say it's probably fair so that's a plus to me but yeah i i know it's like the film event here but um and i saw it what did it do 155 or something mm, nation- I, I, th- I think it was i think it's done almost 300 million nationwide so i mean it's that's uh, weight and that's all i think they're gonna look for in the end as, as long as it makes that every year and then some Plus all the distribution and it's going to make versions. a lot of money for a while because it's pre- it's a it's a fairly solid movie and there's nothing coming out. It's I it's really going to stand up against it for a while. I figure they get a half a billion for every film at least the next five years minimum because this is probably one of the overall weakest 
Christmas seasons as far as, you know, genre stuff. Because Doctor Strange already peaked out. No, you're done with the MCU. Yeah. I did see the Spider-Man trailer, speaking of trailers. That's one of the only ones I've seen. I just I, I, I think Adam brought it up once is that the more you watch a lot of these trailers, they just give away so much. That's why it, I stopped watching trailers. So I'm really trying to stop. Generally. You know which one I hate right now? Uh. Which one, sir? Logan. Oh yeah, yeah. The oh. trailer gave away everything. I know. It's yeah, a it did good, feel it's quite chronological. It's a good trailer. But yeah. But when he's standing there with X twenty three with a shovel. Yeah. No, you know exactly what the, what's happening. You know exactly what happened. Uh, hello, where's Xavier? Yeah. He was in every shot before, looking rather not very, you know, spry. Yeah. Yeah. It, it It's one of those ones where, and after Apocalypse, I just feel like whatever about X-Men. I do think this one's going to be pretty solid because they're well, playing it, it more like a Western. The bad guys are the Reavers, so they're just doing like... West, it's like people are going to watch me like, oh, my God, this movie's so steampunk. They have mercenary cowboy cyborgs, you know, hunting a guy. It's it's, it's That's the storyline they're doing. They're not doing like Like Oblivion. Logan. Remember Oblivion? Yeah, with yeah. Tom Cruise. And are you talking about the no, old no, full I'm moon movie? About, uh, the, the, Cowboys the versus, Cowboy versus Aliens kind well, of. the original, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. The, the full moon movie, Empire, yeah, moon. Empire oh, Pictures. Yeah, 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 that's what I thought he was talking about. But no, I think that that's um, uh, probably spot. I mean, Ooh, we got to bring Trancers back. Yeah, he, oh, Adam yeah. does bring that up frequently. I do. Yeah. Dude, I'm really Tim surprised they alive. haven't made a... Helen uh, Hunt may be available at this time. They haven't made a reboot of Trancers because that would be really inexpensive to do especially as like a tv show well they may eventually buy them up here because i mean obviously i would have never thought westworld would have been you know that would have been my one of my last guesses for a property you'd pick up yeah and that ended up being like the thing to watch this year that it became was, pretty big yeah i finally did watch the first few episodes i haven't finished it yet um personally I, i'm not a fan but i i don't know if it's going to take the whole way through but I just don't it's feel like it's gonna. If you don't, if you didn't get hooked early on, you I might didn't. not enjoy it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm really just one of those people where it's it, a lot like Inception or The Prestige, where it, yeah. it's got a big hook. Oh, I got the idea. I mean, the general ideas and stuff. You can really feel. That's why I can try. feeling the skeleton. Uh-huh. You know, like in the flesh is gonna be. Um, you know, it's gonna be filled soon. Like this is what the rest of the. You know, the ideas are there, but it's just gonna take a little bit more time. But. I um personally, yeah, I just wasn't that into it, but I've just been very disagreeable this whole podcast so I far. Guess. I'm like, yeah, I everything heard just sucks. The uh the guy who oh, I can't remember his name right now, Mr. Robot guy. Sam Ismail. Uh yeah, right. He is doing Metropolis as a TV show. As a, a TV show. That would be interesting, but it does sound pretty much like Westworld. Or Caprica, weirdly enough. Yeah. Or anything that'll bring steampunk back. I will say 2017 looks like it's shaping up to be like the year for, you know, lifelike AI movies. Because there's Ghost in the Shell and Blade Runner 2049, even more than that. Yeah. But, uh. You know, we could jump right into what what movies have you watched in the past month, Kirby? 
Um, you know, I tried to do my list. I really can't remember most of them. It's it's hard. Some stuff just fades because I just don't remember it or care very much. <laughs> um, I kind of look back at list. Did I talk about shutting? No. Okay, I did go see that. Um, I may actually write a review of that uh, sometime. I don't know. I did post the inter- uh, review for Bad Santa 2. Um, I saw Incarnate. Yeah, the WWE movie. Yeah, it, and it was, um, you know. By, by that, I mean it was produced. Produced by WWE. Yeah. There is no, well, there's a few body slams, but that's about it. But, I mean, WWE has made some smart moves in their uh, career in terms of uh, uh, the cinematic wing. And now that Linda McMahon is going to be uh, involved in the leadership of this country, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. But, um it's not bad. It's kind of, it actually almost has an Inception-like idea. Funny that you mentioned it earlier. Um, it really reminded me a lot in spots of Constantine. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, you know, it's it's kind of like an alternative exorcism film is the best way to describe it. Um, where it's at least not super conventional. Um, and I didn't think it was horrible. I didn't love it or anything. I mean, I wouldn't go out and out of my way to watch it again. But... Again, another one I might write a review and expand upon a bit more. I know we got a lot to get through, so I mean, there's really not much to say. I, although I will say this, I'm just not an Aaron Eckhart fan. I mean, as in, I mean, because I've seen him, the last few films have been really bad, like Frankenstein, the one that the Underworld guy wrote, the Rays, um, and a couple other ones. But I just, I personally like. I mean, yeah, I love The Dark Knight and a few other little roles he's done, but. I just don't see him that great, like as an actor personally. He didn't convince you of being a convincing president and Olympus has fallen. I don't think I ever <laughs> saw that too. I didn't see what was the other one? The uh, other president in peril movie? White House Down. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Olympus and, has fallen is the one that made money the other Yeah, one that was it. That was it. Is this one, the Olympus has fallen is the other one with Jamie Foxx, right? No, it's it has Morgan Freeman. It's Morgan Freeman and uh, okay. the guy from Three Hundred. Then it was the the Gerard Butler. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember who was who or which one was which because it's I, the biggest ripoff of Die Hard you'll ever see in your life. It's it's so a ripoff of Die Hard. All right. Um. Really recently, actually, just yesterday, I saw um. Just because I, like I said, I think I mentioned it before. We've been talking about. I know. I think we're all AMC Stubbs members. Yeah, man, it really pays for itself. But I've been doing a lot of the four dollar and whatever seventy five cent movies because it's basically whatever I don't see, whatever we don't get press passes to, or they haven't been taken. Some of them I go see, and one was I was like, I just needed a laugh and went to um, Office Christmas Party. Oh yeah, which is like a lot of comedies. I mentioned I watch a lot of these. A lot more throwaway movies. I'll never watch them again. I'll never remember them. And this is absolutely no different. It's funny. You'll laugh during it, and then you'll forget it as soon as you leave. Yeah. The only part I had to try really hard to remember the characters' yeah. names. I was like, you know, Jason Bateman and TJ. Yeah. The only part I genuinely like, I mean, literally laughed at and thought about later was the um, uh, not is like I said, I don't remember the actress's name, but the spoiling it or to spoil for anybody. But if you do go see it, man, the part with the Uber driver with Jennifer oh, yeah, Aniston that's really funny. was the funniest, one of the funniest things I've honestly seen probably all year. I mean, I literally laughed so hard 
during the the whole section, and then they had the bit at the end with the blooper reel was yeah. great. But that's it. Again, like what I'm talking about is that I feel like comedy films now. I mean, no matter what kind they are, whether they're more, um, I don't know, independent, alternative versus mainstream or something. I mean, I do feel like with a lot of these style films that I brought up recently that I've seen, they're all following the classic road or um, Kevin Smith slash Judd Apatow formula. I mean, that has really dominated movies the last 10, 15 years, where it's that, like, raunch, sentimental, like, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, I, I feel like it's very formulaic. Yeah. And then, um, oh, that's one I did see. Uh, the other part, too, now is always trying to balance between what I watch on Netflix, what I watch on physical media, and then out in the theaters, and then whatever else, Redbox, Hulu. There's so many of them. But um, I did see Yoga Hosers because it got to Netflix. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. I saw that it was on Netflix. I'm that. never going to take that bullet. Sorry about that. that that's a three-word uh, three uh, review from Adam. But that's pretty much it. I'm going to say uh, it's just – want first and foremost, it's like – Man, you can finally get, you know, you got Johnny Depp in this movie. And just like Tusk, it's just so pointless and stupid. It's literally one of the worst characters ever. I don't care what anybody says or, oh, it's a, it's an homage to this or that. I mean, it's just horrible. Um, there were parts I laughed or I thought was funny, but overall, like, again, forgettable. And I like Tusk. I actually did. The I thought, last Kevin Smith movie I saw was Red State. I don't think I'm going to watch anymore. Yeah, Red State, I think if it had actually come out the way he keeps talking about on everything was, I think I would have liked it a little bit more, but I didn't enjoy it at all, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tusk, I actually did like some of the parts. of it. It's it, as an absurdist comedy and as, as a bit of a body horror film, it worked. But uh, Yoga Hosers, not the, the only one was, uh, I'm so sorry, Adam, I remember since he's seen it, the gentleman at the end who plays the... Canadian Nazi leader, he does like 50 million impersonations. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And he does a great job um, without spoiling anything. It's absolutely probably the funniest part of the whole movie. The rest is literally Canadian jokes the whole way, uh, 100%. Everything is a Canadian joke or like a bad CW episode part. That's- yeah, there were things that missed the mark that I – I kind of liked how they set up when you were in when he was introducing characters, but it never really went anywhere or uh, was found its its right uh, tone to it. Yeah. it. It you you wanted it to be more like clueless in a way, but it just it wasn't charming enough and certainly not smart enough. You know, it's funny that you bring it up. That's very true. It has a lot of characters in it, like a lot. Introduced almost well, rapid no fire. I mean, and I guess it's a Kevin Smith kind of hallmark. But man, it is really like all over the place with him. Like you'll well, meet- they didn't, they didn't do. He didn't do anything with him. He's like, oh, this is the drummer. And you're like, oh, I can, you know what? I kind of like this guy. He seems like he's gonna be, you know, coming in and out and doing crazy things. He was at the beginning. He was at the end. Yep. That's true. And didn't do a goddamn thing. That's true. It's like, oh, I kind of liked him. Or, or the mom. It's like, oh, here's mom. And it's Kevin Smith's wife. Uh, and she's in it for two seconds, but they give her like this whole, you know, the whatever, the like a Facebook profile is how they yeah. kind of showed each character or whatever initially. 
And you're like, okay, well, now I know that that's the role that this person is playing, but it only lasted 30 seconds. Pretty much. So he introduced like a whole bunch of characters and then just they dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah. Mm. So it did, it felt like, it felt like amateur hour. It felt like somebody who, like maybe, well, like a yoga hoser, like a, a maybe a 15-year-old girl, her first directorial debut with like a Canadian-funded money or something. And they're like, oh, good, <laughs> good job, Deborah. You made your first movie at 14, 15 years old. That's what it felt like. Yeah, that could be said. Yeah, I, I definitely see the clueless vibe where that's where they probably thought they were doing and yeah it definitely did not turn out i like think that. he smokes so much now he realizes he does not make good movies anymore i think he's a little bit surprised that people will still give him money to make movies well that's kind of the running joke now on it is podcast. a joke that's and all, all that it is, is, is it's just a like, big joke it's what can i pitch and they'll you know make it happen Mm. Yeah, it's kind of become with so many different things. So many directors say that now. Rob Zombie with the whole thirty-one thing. Oh yeah, what can I? What can I pitch? And they'll just give me the money for it. But if I try to do something else, then it's like, no, no, no. We actually want that Rob Zombie movie, the Rob Zombie joint, if you will, not the uh, un film de zombie. Like, (laughs) like that would happen. Yeah, but you know, well, I mean, I I think that there are people who at least would. I don't know, try. Who knows? They might be able to. I mean, I thought Lords of Salem was at least somewhat of a risk in comparison. And I think Kevin Smith tried to do something with Red State where it was like, okay, I'm going to go completely in a different genre and direction. But in the end, I just, it, there's just no payoff. The idea at the very end of the film, I was like, wow, if that had just been the, the mi- middle and end, I would have loved this movie. This could have been amazing. Like, but see, like Yoga Hosers isn't like. John Waters, there's there's no there's and that's no art. I was gonna say there's no art to it. I mean, there's not any any kind of real risk to it. It's just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what doesn't even stick. Well, no, no, no. It's what I was trying to say earlier about like comedies, kind of you know, they just wash away. It's there's there's no grasp or a hold. Is is that you have like I think like a John Waters or something like that. Or a lot of the comedy classics and pioneers and stuff like movies you can still watch. I mean, you brought up Caddyshack one time as a, you know, it's like, and I think of rewatchable films and a lot of more comedies. And mm-hmm. they have those great lines and great scenes, whether it's physical or verbal jousting, and it just works perfectly. Um, or it's just something you just enjoy because it speaks to you. And I'm not saying I love some of those movies. I mean, um, that are like the Apatow or Kevin Smith. I'm not afraid to say a lot of people were like, ah, I moved away from that. I moved past it. It's like, no, I still think some are hilarious. But other ones, you know, you watch them again. doesn't stand the test of time. But I think the reason like John Waters films do, not only because they have a universal truth um, that resonates with people pretty much forever, but because, um, you know, they were just genuinely funny. Again, it's that set between being sentimental without being sappy and maybe a little vulgar or raucous without being uh, completely over the top where it just descends. One Waters has truth. Yeah. All his films speak an underlying truth to it. Yeah. Where I don't, I don't think some movies really understand what the truth is. They just, they just know how to put a good story together as opposed to having whether it's well john waters isn't necessarily straightforward with stuff he's in your face with some things but there it it comes from a truthful place 
and the truth can be funny or sad or both. Yeah. And often and it's all the, uh, within the same movie yeah. sometimes too. Yeah. Um, just wrap up the last few was um, uh, as a history fan, as a hip hop fan, Netflix recently had the series Hip Hop Evolution. If you're into it at all or just want to learn more about, see some amazing footage from the 70s, 80s, 90s. It's incredible. Like absolutely great interviews, um, hilarious stories and stuff. I really enjoyed it. I haven't finished it completely. I'm only I haven't finished. It. I'm only a few episodes in, but enjoyable. The other show I gave a chance on Netflix recently, um, just added was Crazy Head, which is kind of a Buffy supernatural kind of show. Me Ash versus Evil Dead. When I read the description, it sounded like the Ash versus Evil Dead Stan versus Evil. Um, kind of or stand against evil. Those you know, it's just kind of becoming now its own genre. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a British show, and it actually works. I so far the first couple episodes, I really like it. I I think the two protagonists are amazing. Um, the first few episodes I watched, I laughed so hard on a few of the parts. But um, you know, the the effects are kind of you know your typical WBCW kind of. Um, supernatural kind of show but i thought the tone was just a lot uh, like a really dark comedy um so we're checking out if you like that stuff um and then i also one they said netflix was um uh i'm not a serial killer and i really enjoyed this movie um i thought it was um really a not a super unique idea i mean it's a culmination of basically uh dexter rear window and maybe a couple other genre mishmash but i liked it personally um i think it's worth checking out uh, i don't want to give away too much um and then the very last one i wanted to talk about was um uh, you know i'm you know we always start talking about uh, we gotta wait till the end of january because we gotta catch up on all our movies of the year but i'd be hard pressed if this is in my top 10 and that is um on saturday i went and saw eyes of my mother at oh, Valley yeah. Art, and please, if you get a chance, go see this movie as soon as possible. It is absolutely amazing. Like, and I really, genuinely mean that. Like, because I, I was conflicted after I watched it or during the time period, but the more I thought about it, the uh, some of the most beautiful cinematography you'll ever see, especially for such a low budget movie. Um, great character and development. And some of the most truly like unnerving and frightening imagery I've seen in a film in a long, long, long time. So that's I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be up there. So yeah, it's on VOD. I've been meaning to watch it for the past couple of weeks and just haven't gone around to it. Yeah, and that's the hard part. Is a lot of stuff. I mean, uh, Victor mentioned I think Siren or something. A few other ones. Maybe it's in our pre-discussion. I mean, there's so many films I want to see at like Beyond Fest, which we both went to. I didn't get to see, and it's like some are finally coming out on VOD, and I'm really excited. Me as a, as horror being my primary genre, I enjoy. There's just been such a huge. I mean, it's always a glut of stuff, but I've read some really good reviews of some of the ones that have come out that I know I play at like Beyond Fest. Like, I still really want to see Raw and. Um, the monster and a couple other the ones. monsters on VOD D, is it? Yeah, there's a few other ones I've really been wanting to see. So, hopefully, I'll check them out. Adam, yes. What have you been watching? Nothing. Even in the projection booth, I've been working. Okay, it's, it's when you're up in the crow's nest, you kind of just don't even want to watch movies. It's very strange. 
Yeah. I did see Rogue One yeah. because I had to do a quality control check. Yeah. And one of the one of the odd things about that uh is I was getting very antsy because I'm like, yo, I'm I'm on the clock and I'm watching a movie. So I but I need to but I'm working. So my mind was kind of in that state. So I missed like a lot of the movie because my mind was wandering on the fact that why am I getting paid to sit here and watch a movie? I I can't enjoy myself. <laughs> it was just an odd thing. Cuz you're living the dream. I guess, I don't know. I don't know. It was just it was just a weird feeling, I guess. I hear you. Yeah, that's all I saw, really. Yeah, nothing at home here. Uh, Ain't it, man? Nothing new. Okay. You know, stuff to fall asleep to, or reconnect. Did you gain? I mean, have you been buying anything? Like, I feel bad. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I watch all the shit on Netflix, and I was like, oh, I bought a ton of stuff on Black Friday sales that I still have to watch. Yeah. Like, I'm like. Uh, Victor is actually sitting here with the new uh, zombie uh, Blu-ray box set, and it's like another one. Like, there's so many high-profile releases that come out, so hopefully, maybe we'll see some uh, reviews about those. Uh, no, and then I'm uh, not really buying stuff right now because it's so close to Christmas. Sure, and so my Amazon list, I uh, pretty much contains everything that I would like to have, so I can't buy anything. Okay. At the moment, I hear you. That's, or stuff that I did order is stuff that you know is not on my Amazon list. But I, as far as remembering what those things are, I don't. I will say mm-hmm. strangely, this is the first Black Friday I didn't buy anything in stores, any Blu-rays or DVDs or anything like that. I bought stuff online. I don't know about you guys, but it's um, very odd. I this bought, is the first year I bought like things in stores, but for the most part, like. I'm pretty on top of getting things on VOD or, or or ordering early. So everything that's on sale, like, is stuff I've already owned for, you know, months. I, I think uh, we bought a few catch-up things. Like, I got uh, Kung Fu Panda 2 on Blu-ray because, like, I never run across that anywhere. And for some reason, it just was there on sale. I'm like, all right, because I've been meaning to watch it. And it had, like, the most generic description of a Blu-ray I've ever read. It's like, Poe and the Furious Five battle an enemy who are out to ruin their way of life, which could describe any... Oh, that was the first one. Did it have a lot of screenshots or something? That no, the, and that's oh. the thing. The front cover was a close-up of Poe, and the back cover was just, like, the group shot. You know, you would almost think it was a bootleg. Because I know they do that with, like, video games now, was that it has, like, two lines, and then it's, like, two or three big screenshots or, like, a conceptual art, yeah, and that's it. And that's, like, the whole thing. It's just – it's really funny because Kung Fu Panda 3's ending leads directly in – Kung Fu Panda 2's ending leads directly into Kung Fu Panda 3. But you don't – you could skip this movie completely. Nothing of, like – the villain is pretty weird. It's, like, a – it's a peacock that figures out how to use gunpowder. And I was like, it's cool. I mean, it's not a bad movie. It's just not like anything amazing. But I just got it to finish out the collection. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, for the most part, Black Friday, I just like bought like, you know, oh, a, pl- a PlayStation 4 and, or ooh, a sound bar or 
what else did we get? Like games. A gun rack? No. No, and I, I ended up just ordering whatever off Amazon Prime for Anne. Yeah. That's good. I think there was one thing from, well, I can't mention it because she'll yeah. <laughs> listen to this and then find out. One thing I'm really excited about, and you can remind me off air. Sure. If you want to. Yeah. Because well, I, I was really glad to get it because it was like a limited edition that came out. Well, that's oh, kinda... gosh, like a while ago. <clears throat> and I, was, I was like, oh, I forgot. Totally forgot she wanted that and mentioned it. And then I was able to get it. But that's kind of what Victor was saying too with a lot of those pre-orders is that a lot of it, everything is so limited edition now too. So, so many things you have to order. Well, yeah. Day and, one and or your, if you order them early, I, I sort of this has happened to me twice now. It shows up in about the you? mail and you, oh yeah, I oh, did. You, for, you, you forgot. Well, either you forget or the company forgets. Yeah, like months go by or longer, you know, like, oh, I ordered this seven months ago. You know, that's, there's things I've ordered that like, a few months ago, they still haven't showed up, and I only remember when they, when I get like an email like, "Oh, it's shipping out in two weeks." Like, "Oh, right, right, right." Yeah, but for uh, Anne ordered something and it never arrived. Oh, that's lame. That's and she so had to call the place and say, "I thought I ordered this," and then you know, you got I got an email that said it was going to be fulfilled, you know, the next day, and then I haven't seen it, and she they said, "Oh, sorry, it's on the way now." <laughs> Oh, it was uh, Devil's uh, Carnival 2, the Hallelujah uh, DVD. Yeah. They forgot look, to send it to her. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't look like there's going to be any more of those either. No, he's uh, he's doing a new thing now. Yeah. I think him like and kind of a Terrence circus had like a falling out kind of thing that happened is what I understand. Uh, well, hmm. we got what we got, so yep. that's fine. That's cool. What you've been watching, Victor? Uh, lots of shit. <laughs> um, oh, that's why it was saved you for last. Yeah. Um, the thing that pops out most in my mind that I saw last week was um, Collateral Beauty, um, which falls in the line of the yearly Bad Will Smith movie that he does to try to get an Oscar. Um, and I don't know what the fuck the people who made this movie were thinking. It was directed by David Frankel, who's the same guy who directed Marley and Me. So basically, this I uh, you know I was saying yeah, this movie is basically the uh, textbook example of grief porn, where like oh this movie is designed so that you cry at the end. That doesn't mean it's a good movie, but ba- the basic gist of it and you can get this from the trailer and from the review I wrote is a uh, Will Smith's uh, child dies of a uh you know a long lingering death which we're not treated to but at the beginning he runs a successful company three years later he like we see will smith how he probably looks like every day without hair dye you know he's got a lot of gray hairs to show how much he's aged from his grief and uh the people who run his company are ed norton uh michael pena and uh kate winslet and they're really inconvenienced by the fact that their creative genius is in a grief coma. Like, you guys, I'm having problems getting pregnant because, you know, I'm worried about my job. It's like, oh, you're worried about that. Uh, my daughter doesn't like me anymore. So they find uh, basically it's like a madman type advertising firm. So they hire 
these three actors they run into during the film to to play time, life, and death so they can convince Will Smith that he's crazy so that they can uh, get his voting shares and sell the company out from under him. But they're doing it for him. And most of the movies, they're the protagonists, and the whole movie's like, we're not bad people for doing this, right? And the actors have to keep reassuring them, no, you deserve to feel good. It's like basic shitty people, the movie. Why didn't they just make this for Lifetime? It, it feels then- like a Lifetime movie. And I, I see that completely 100% like, you know, Kate Winslet's storyline specifically where she thinks she's too old to get pregnant. So she's trying to find like uh, someone to adopt or to, or try to find a sperm donor specifically is straight out of a Lifetime movie. And, and of course, the personification that she buddies up with is time. And then the actor who plays time is like, you know, time is on your side. Like that kind of like altruistic bullshit. And then at the end, when they do convince Will Smith that he's off the rails by taking this. They they have like a uh, old lady who's following them, him, them around. And she films shit on their phone of him flipping out at the different manifestations then they took that footage and cgi erased the actors so it looks like he's just being crazy in public one uh phone footage is not that good that they're gonna do that but they're you know it's just it's so stupid like there's a part where he picks up a skateboard and throws it at somebody and then it just looks like he picks you know they just refilmed it with him acting out against nothing and then will smith's kind of like I get where you guys are coming from. I haven't been here, and it's okay. I, I just have a fawn Charlie Murphy right now, like in what is it, Knee High Park of Chappelle Show? That's the gayest shit I ever heard. It's like it's re- it's literally like the grief porn thing, man, is an apt title for a lot of that yeah. stuff. But I mean, not because I th- I don't think you can have a dramatic film, and not because a lot of them aren't cheesy no, I, or whatever. Yeah. But it's just like that guy. I'm sure was going. I directed Marley and Me. This is going to be my real Capra moment, no, though. You, you you know what they missed out on? It should have been uh, Kirk Cameron production. <laughs> Oh, that could have been. Yeah. That's true. And then they could have had the whole God wrap up at right. the very end. I mean, that's the true savior. But that's the whole thing. Right? Like a Marley and me, it's like, okay, yeah, it's also Shiloh. And because of Winn-Dixie and because, I mean, it's like with the dog grief porn yeah. thing. Because if it was a cat, no one would give a shit. Well, that's the thing. They're like, well, we can't do a dog again, so let's do a little girl. girl that's yeah. just as good as a dog, dog, right? You know what the funniest part is? The other movie I instantly thought of when I saw the trailer for some reason was... um. Well, is the exact reason is uh, that Adam Sandler one, the Rain Over Me, where he's like the nine eleven widower, oh, and, and God, he's like, I, totally... I just can't move on, and it's just like, yeah, that's, that's this whole that's movie it. in a nutshell. Like literally, he says that multiple times, and the the thing that I think kills this movie is Will Smith's like, I'm gonna get an Oscar because he's trying so, like you can tell he's like in a different movie than everybody else, where he's like crying like hard and just like. Can't do it. I can't do it. Like when he's talking to Ed Norton, and Ed Norton's like, "We'll talk later." Like, <laughs> it's just it's super but schizophrenic. It, and then it has a stupid like twist, which if you watch the trailer, you can figure out what the twist is in like two fucking seconds. So the Capra thing is like dead on. 
you know, and you watch the movie and it's over and you still cry a little because there's a really sad scene to end it that it's, that's divorced from all that chicanery with, uh, you know, Ed Norton and crew. And it's just like, wow, yeah, this you're going to cry no matter what. We're going to make sure that's yeah, paramount, but the thing is, number is one. Like, he already had, to me, an Oscar moment. I really thought Concussion. Really? He played it. He played it well. No, I'm saying that like, if you were yeah. talking about the classic kind of Oscar criteria, I think that was more of a forerunner. And the last movie I really did see him in where I believe that was The Pursuit of Happiness. Did, but uh, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, Pursuit of Happiness, Concu- like he every couple years, he, and they're all Christmas movies, or yeah. they come out around that time of year. He does this movie. It's like, I know Will Smith is a good actor. I just really wish he wasn't like fishing for it so hard yeah but in the you know? pursuit of happiness i could buy into it yeah like, i could say it didn't feel cheesy or like generic it felt like wow this is like a i mean because you're talking about like the human interest story which yeah. drives so many movies and other art forms and expressions and stuff i just feel like like i said i'm not bringing and i don't think victor is either too it's not bringing down people who have these experiences or that you can't make a movie or write a book about it. it's just at a point at which it, it it becomes that lifetime level that yeah. I mentioned that's just gone. I mean, there are the I'll tell you a film I actually cried cried like a fucking baby was uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah, I actually cried. That was really moved me. That film did. Yeah, and I'm not afraid to say it. It's just that, but most films don't. It, and yeah. the few that do, I I really hold in high well, esteem. Well, here's the thing that can move me. I I've, I've been trying to put up my top put together my top ten list for the year. And like, I will tell you this much right now. This the big the big trend this year was white white guys feeling sad in movies or child or child or family deaths in like these movies that are going for the big prize. But I'll tell you, like, two movies made me cry this year, like at the end, and I was like, oh my god, this movie's so fucking good. And those movies are La La Land and A Monster Calls. A Monster Calls is such a good movie, and it's like, it like it's one of those movies you go in and it's like, this movie is gonna be garbage, but it's really good, and but it's like just like you're you come out of that movie and like, God, this movie was awesome, but it's just so fucking overwhelmingly sad. Like you're just like hit by like this wave of like, ah, oh, this was so well written, but I feel like garbage afterwards. You know, and Liam Neeson is really good. It's got some good twists to it. The kid in that movie should be nominated for an Oscar, though, because he's just, like, acting against nothing, you know? Because it's, like, he's mainly acting against, like, Liam Neeson as CGI Groot Treebeard. And it's just, like, he's, like, it's powerful, you know? So if I'm going to tell anybody to watch a movie that's going to make you cry, it's going to be either one of those two movies, not Collateral Beauty. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think that, you know, I'm just saying, I mean, obviously, kind of like uh, the other ones like Coraline and Box Troll. Yeah. I truly feel like, okay, making finally well, like, a movie. Kubo did make me cry, too. I Kubo's on my top ten list. Yeah. It's, a, it's like, that's it's the, a. It's such a good. That's movie. I the wish best I animated so movie that came out this year. Like, I mean, I like I liked Moana and Kung Fu Panda three. All three of those are good movies, but Kubo is the best animated. Movie oh, without that came a doubt. out this year. Yeah, it's a it's just a great movie. But you're right. It's it's hard to find one. But I like the idea of overwhelming. Yeah, like in films. 
Yeah, but I, I'll say like when a monster calls comes out, you should go see it. If you it, like the the closest thing I could compare it to, and it's not like uh, it's not a dead on comparison. It's a lot like Big Fish, the Tim Burton movie. Yeah, I got what you mean. Yeah, you which know. was was pretty intense too. Yeah, and that movie made me cry like the exact same way. But it, this movie is like you go in and you think something while you you like oh i know what this movie's about while you're watching it and then at the end it kind of flips it around and like oh and then there's things in it that are predictable like you know i'm not gonna say like oh yeah this is like the most well-written thing ever but it's really really good i do feel like i mean i'm sure it's just the way that generations are changing but i do feel like a lot of younger child actors we're just hitting like a cream of the crop now yeah i mean like way more like Jodie Foster's and like Drew Barrymore kind of actors are coming out, and it's just like holy shit! Like, yeah, I was like borderline retarded as a kid. I still am, but like, oh my god! Like, I could never have pulled something off yeah. like this. I'm trying to. Yeah, I've watched a lot of movies. Only thing. Yeah, La La Land came out last week. Like limited. It's yeah. opening wider this week, and that's a really fucking good. That's my like. Right now, it's my number one movie of this year, and it's by the guy who wrote and directed um, Whiplash. Okay, and it, and it's just like it's a musical, which is not the kind of movie that I'm like super into, but it's it's just good. It has good performances. It's like schmaltzy at the beginning, and then it turns into like a real like flip side of that story, and then at the end, you're like, you know, I remember watching like Les Miserables a few years ago. Where Anne Hathaway won an Oscar for crying and having her hair cut while singing a song badly. And I was like, that's why you won the Oscar, because you're crying and singing. But this one, it's like Emma Stone is just really pulls actual emotion out of you. And it's not really the type, like I said, I'm more of a genre guy, but this year there's been a lot of strong. Sorry, movies. I'm just still laughing. That would be like the best New York Times film review <laughs> ever. And Anne Hathaway, she won it for getting her hair cut and crying while singing a song. Yeah. Kudos to the Academy for Pretty really much. for really recognizing. Well it's like the year that uh Judy Dench won Best Actress for being playing Queen Elizabeth for five and a half minutes. All I can say is is that I'm still I, I there's a lot of Oscar injustice, but I'm still when they gave fucking Crash Best Picture and Brokeback Mountain didn't get it. It's like, come on, man! Like, let's really talk about which well, film was quality. Where Forrest Gump won Best Picture over Shawshank and Pulp Fiction. Yeah. In what universe is Forrest Gump better than either of those movies? I like all three of them. They're all good, on. but they're not, you know, I Shawshank is the one that should have won. Without a doubt. Yeah. But Pulp Fiction should have been strong consideration. That's back when, you know, I mean, that was the, you know, the dawn of Miramax and all those, yeah. like, people. Re- I mean, because you had, like, earlier films, like, what was 93 was The Piano. I remember it was, like, you know, like I said, you had your Oscar bait kind of movies. Yeah. But, man, it really started hitting. But, I mean, there's been so many. I just – I don't know why I always think of that one to me. Like, I know it's not an uncommon uh, uh, view, but I really – I mean, Crash is just a garbage movie. Yeah. I mean, the most generic Well, so pandering. is Traffic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they're just pandering kind of movies where, I mean, like, I always think of there's a film. I mean, if you want to get into that, like, the, the whole uh, Crash thing, I mean, I don't think uh, – very few people I've ever met have ever seen Grand Canyon. I remember it's that it's movie. with Danny Glover yeah. and yeah I mean it's 
absolutely. It was on HBO a lot. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was one of those ones, you know, probably made for very little. But you want to talk about like a racial politic kind of movie that really actually challenges people? That's it. Like, I mean, for me, 20 years, 25 years ago almost, compared to fucking Crash or whatever yeah. else. I mean, I don't know. There's other ones too, yeah. of course. But yeah, I think we've hit a point in films, though, that just. It's getting to the whole Oscar bait thing. It's like in films I wanted to, like we talked about, I remember last year, uh, one of the films I know I went to, and I think Adam did too, after we wanted, you know, we always wait a few weeks after the new year to do our countdown because there's so much catch up. Yeah. But I remember wanting so badly to want The Revenant to be like my top movie from the tra- trailers and um, reviews. And I thought it was a gorgeous film. Yeah. But in terms of the story, and I liked it, but it wasn't even close. It wasn't yeah, even in my top ten. It wouldn't be in my – I remember thinking last year – it's weird. I feel like there's a lot better films this year than last year, weirdly enough. But I can say honestly, I don't know. I really liked I, – I really liked The Big Short. That that was a really good movie. Like I, I – but I can't – I'm trying to remember what other movies were up for Best Picture in 2015. Versus this year, I think I've seen most of, or will see most of the ones that'll be up for Best Picture. I still got to see Moonlight. I think that's playing at the draft yeah. house. Yeah, I've been trying to catch all Not the A24. Oh, oh, seriously? Oh, I'll, I've been, fi- I'll have to go to AMC then. Yeah, I'm trying go. to get all the uh, A24 <laughs> films out. Yeah. And that's been, I saw, they did a lot. Oh, yeah, so. that's, that was the next one. I finally saw The Lobster. That's one of the next ones on my list. What'd you think? You know, it's a weird movie. Yeah, it is. I thought, like the, I, I thought it was going. I was like, okay, I'm not really sure this, if I mean, the the end product feels like a weird Stanley Kubrick movie written by Wes Anderson. And then in the end, it just becomes a really like I don't know what the fuck is going on with this movie. Yeah. Yeah, because I just the dialogue, the way the dialogue's delivered in that movie is really Wes Anderson y. That's all I can kind of describe it to. But then there's just something that happens halfway through the movie that anyone watching that the first time is really into animals is going to be like, I'm done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like Cannibal Holocaust level? <sighs> Almost. Mm, it's not real well yeah of course but i mean still i don't like watching that sort of stuff and really hates watching that sort of stuff but this movie got under our skins in just a really weird way where we were talking about it for like days afterwards yeah Hmm. and we're like well how how did why in this and this is what i think of that and it's like what do you think about and we don't sit there and talk about movies generally and we talked about this one for days this movie makes this really weird it's point. not for everybody. No, I, mean, no. I don't think it's it a, made, it's a very digestible point movie. The point this movie is making is super strange to me that like, oh, the best couples are the ones who have exactly the same traits. And if you don't, you're a children will help you. Or if not, you're terrible. Right. And I'm like, that's a fuck. And it's, and it's, and it's people, how they compromise with relationships. It, yeah. it goes on so many different like uh, just uh, echoes of of just regular everyday life that people compromise. Yeah, out of out of fear of being alone or uh, dying alone. 
just for the sake of being someone for the sake of being with somebody right as and opposed to actually finding the right person you feel like you're in a hurry to settle down you know have kids have the perfect house and then you feel empty inside because yeah of and it. i'm thinking okay i could get on board with that because like for the like as an all right you're making a statement on that and then halfway through the movie like totally flips the other way oh yeah and it's like no this it's just like hey you want to be alone you won't be happy alone and if you find someone your other friends who are single are gonna hate you yeah it's fucked up yeah it's just a messed up and then the way the movie ends is just really fucking weird mm-hmm. i just you know i i haven't seen his other movie dog tooth but somebody's telling yeah, me that either that's kind of similar and I'm, i was just thinking i have a couple i know a couple people like oh yeah lobster is like one of my top 10 for the year i'm like well, one, it has no plot. I'm sorry, but like once I watch it, I'm like, you know, there's no arc at mm-hmm. all. It's just right. like vignettes. Right. And then some of them at the beginning, you think it's a comedy. And that's how they market it. Like, you know, they check into this hotel where you have like 45 days to find a partner, else you get turned into an animal. But wait, if you help them go out and hunt and kill single people, every corpse you bring is good for another extra day. Yeah, I, I remember the general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's like weird because early on, you know, you, it's, it's plaintively obvious. Yeah. There's no actual machine that turns you into an animal. Well, the th- it's the- left nebulous, but you have to tell them the animal you want to be at before you even check in. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so it's kind of like. Uh, it's just a weird view of society. I want to be the Falcor. I want a luck dragon. I'm fucking out, yeah. man. That's it. That's that's the revolving door in the hotel for yeah, me. Yeah, it's just weird because I'm watching it at first. I'm thinking it's funny. Like they do weird shit, and John C. Riley's in it. And it feels like a Tim and Eric kind of thing. Yeah, for a they, people were. The, well, I I saw it with critics, and and they started to laugh, and I didn't really see the humor in it. I mean, I saw how it was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's in absurdist. parts that they were. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. very absurdist. And then it stops. There was I would one. Have to there think. was one point with John C. Riley when the they're toaster? in the woods. Oh no, no. Okay. Well, there there was that part too. But yeah. then when they were in the woods and and it turned to where like you're not really supposed to be laughing at this. Yeah, is it? <laughs> this when is a lot like, of allegories for a lot of different things. You're my best friend. Is it that scene? You're my best friend. It, it yeah. had a lot to do yeah. with that, where the tone of it was just like, oh my god. Well, but that's god. Why, when Victor said the Wes Anderson. That is totally the way I felt it was marketed. At. Yeah, like oh, you love Rushmore and I Heart Huckabees and yeah, all these no. other movies. You're gonna love this. Yeah, the dialogue is a lot like Royal Tannenbaums, where yeah. it's like. Hello, you've reached this hotel where you will be for here for a month. What animal would you like to be? I'd like to be a lobster. And why is that? Because lobsters live for 100 years and they remain fertile all their lives. That's a good choice. Most people choose dogs. And that's how the dialogue is from everybody, the entire movie. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one, like I said, I've been real interested in the scene. It's just one of those, when I first saw the the marketing for it, I was yeah. like, oh, this does not. Because I personally... Do not like Wes Anderson films no. at all. I I've actually never enjoyed a single one. And people, um, wait, except was was Ball Rocket his first one? Yeah. Okay, Ball Rocket I liked okay, and that was pre. It was Rushmore and onwards when it was like it just went down into this like certain scenes or certain characters. Like I could watch the movie and go, eh, I kind of get. It. But overall, the Wes Anderson film is to me like 
one of the worst for mm. it's the absolute what I hate in movies. But then you kind of say directed by Stanley Kubrick, and now I'm like more interested in seeing it again. But that's yeah. it, it's just because A24 to me so far well, has not failed once. No, I I feel like all of it. I've seen every A24 film this year except Moonlight, so I still need to see that to be on par with it. But I'll tell you the the other one, I, other A24 film I saw that I'll, I'll I'll mention here is called Imperium. And uh, it has um, Daniel Radcliffe and Tony Collette. And uh, basically, Daniel Radcliffe plays a government agent who goes undercover to join a neo-Nazi cell group. Yeah. And I was like, this is interesting considering they also put out Green Room this year. So I was thinking, I'm thinking high thoughts. And at the end, it ends up being a lot like, what's that movie where um, Tim Robbins plays a domestic terrorist? Oh, uh, Arlington yeah, Road. Yeah, it's a lot like that. Yeah. That's basically the that movie That was a great one. Yeah. That was one of my favorite endings ever in a mainstream film. Yeah. Like, I truly was, like, blown away. No pun intended. <laughs> but um, I really like that. And I, um, yeah, I, when I saw the photo, the press photos of yeah. him as the neo-Nazi, I was like, Damn, that looks kind of weird. Yeah, but. it's not that. The neo-Nazi stuff is less convincing, but as he goes through, he meets other people who are adjacent to this. Like, there's a Rush Limbaugh kind of character. Yeah. And then he meets this family that he gets to be really close to where, you know, it's like almost like the whole alt-right thing where he's like, look, I'm not going to shave my head. I have a wife and daughter, but, you know, don't you think it's hard to be a white person in America right now? Like, he tries to make it, like, very, like, you know, like... Like, do you feel safe when you go to a bad neighborhood? Why do you think that is? Don't you think they're target like trying to make it like um, under the level to crawl under your skin? Like, you know, I do think that like that kind of a thing. And then you turn kind of turns out like those people are the scariest people of all. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'd like that aspect of it. But at the same time, it, it's the least a 24 film that they've put out and that it seems like there's a big thing to it. It feels yeah. like very mainstreamy. That could be too. Yeah. I mean, I think they're kind of, kind of on the fence. No pun yeah. intended with that. But I think they're more like, I, I think trying to interject. I mean, they've had hits this year. Yeah, I mean, the I witch. The witch is gonna get them a nomination. Nation. I'm pretty sure. But I mean, I think that they had. You know, I don't know. I mean. Maybe with some posthumous award for Anton Yelchin, yeah. whose performance in Green Room is one of the best of the year. I think it's not – I don't think it's up for debate personally, but, you know, obviously my opinion. But yeah. it's um, one of those ones where I do see just also the way the Oscars works. I imagine there might be some, but it's just – Well, yeah, that's why I have to watch Moonlight because apparently a lot of people are like, no, no, like that – it's between that and La La Land a lot of – people i've talked to i'm like okay we'll see i could have seen it already but i skipped out on it to see dr strange i'm not gonna lie but yeah no i like i said i've seen a lot of movies i could just keep naming things but anything like elsa you really enjoyed <sighs> let me think. Or recommend because yeah. I, mean, I think that's what a lot of people look for is recommendations i'm trying th okay so i saw this movie called siren which um if you saw the first VHS movie, uh, not the first movie on VHS, but the first horror anthology. The first, yeah, and then the first vignette, there, one right? One of the skits, um, God, I can't remember what it was called, 
basically there's this uh, siren like creature whose I head like opens you. up. Yeah. So they spun that off and made it into an entire movie. And like I like it, but it's if you watch a lot of horror movies, which I'm sure everyone who's gonna watch that watches a lot of them, it's just like checklist this movie. Check it's just borrowed from you know, there's a collector of things who comes across the siren early on when she's young in the movie, and it's straight out of how uh they find Hellboy in the Hellboy movie. Uh the creature is pretty much like the monster from Splice, you know, and it's it follows this group who uh, it's the one guy he's getting married and uh, his brother-in-law's taking him to this uh, club where it turns out to be shitty. But then somebody with a mark tells him it's, oh, no, this is the club you want to go to. So it kind of becomes sort of like the club from Hostel, except yeah. they keep weird shit in there. Like, oh, you know, like, what are you looking for? Like, I want to have a good time, but I don't want to have sex. Oh, so you do you not want to have intercourse or do you want to be with a creature that has no gender? Like what? Like Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's one of those movies I I commend them for making it because you could tell they wanted to do more, but the money wasn't there, but they try their best. And at the end, it's like it, it has a cool ending that's uh in the spirit of the short, and it's not a happy ending. And it's it's a fun movie. Like, for that kind of a movie, I'm like, yeah, you know what? That wasn't terrible. I've seen so many bad, low-budget horror movies. I'm like, that's a good movie. I can get on board with that. Yeah. I, well, now that you mentioned that one, because you said it's all, it's like a checklist or whatever. Yeah. Uh, like, tiny little homages or... Uh, I I didn't realize that I have not probably seen this movie since it was released on VHS. Uh, the first waxwork film I've seen a bagazillion times, and I've watched over the years a bagazillion mm-hmm. times. Waxwork two, for some reason, even though I remember that I really liked it, I haven't really watched it very often. Did you get the Vestron? So I watched it again the other day. And I'm like, I forgot this entire movie for some reason. Weird fucking but, movie. But I loved it. This is waxwork through, through the portal of time. Lost right? in time. Lost yeah. in time. I remember. Yeah. But they, they, they take you the, these these little vignettes. I mean, it's almost like an anthology thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas the first one was more of kind of a history lesson. This one was just grabbing stuff from different you know movies from... Oh, I mean, you could name the whole list of Kirby. You're yeah. more, you know, versed in that. But and I forgot Bruce Campbell was in it for crying out loud. He is. Yeah, what? he has. He has wow. a brief one in it. Yeah, it's it's a great movie. It's one of those ones I just remember going. This is one of the most bizarre movies because it really is a mix of horror, sci-fi. I right. mean, it, it they it do was a whole thing on travel. Alien that you're just yeah. like, oh my, wow, it's they just actually bizarre where they go to yeah. with it. But it and it is enough. It's. It has enough similarities to the original that fans would, you know, if you had just made them release back to back year after the year, you really wouldn't be able, you would still be on board, but it it is very divergent. I remember uh, one of the um, regrets I have is is that I once had a chance to win the original prop head from the, uh, to bid on and win was the... uh, Prop head of the panther creature, the woman who oh, changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no spoiler alert. Uh, a woman changes into kind of like a panther like creature, and they had the original prop head. I was like, because I only own like one or two small original props uh, from films. Um, 
I, I can't go down that rabbit hole. I, yeah. I have too many yeah, other too obsessions, money. but I do. And it's because I love that film so much. But I, I love Waxwork. is one of my all-time favorite um, films, period. And Vest, the new Vestron, and they just announced uh, The Gate. Yeah. Yeah, I saw And that. I'm extremely excited about that, even though they did the special edition finally, giving it the proper DVD release. I still hope they're going to come out with two, because I like two a lot, as most people don't. But I thought it was a great movie um, with the Lewis Tripp uh, character. Um, he was great. But, um, yeah, the Vestron stuff has been killing it. Um, I did go. I was going to add, I have a couple holes. I still haven't bought a Blood Diner and a couple that. of the other ones. But they. Uh, I went to FYE because you know, FYE is closing one of its last three stores here in Arizona. And uh, everything's 40% off. And it was still like 25 bucks. I'm like, I can get that. Not the one Amazon. near me, right? Yeah, yeah the one, one right, right down there. the road. That's Long, closing? Yeah. Yeah, it's been closing for like the last week and a half, two weeks. It's supposed to be so open until the end of January. I mentioned it, I think. I don't know. I'm sorry, man. I don't know. Um, but there, the, I mean, like, obviously, I went, I told Victor about it as soon as possible was because once someone else told me was, uh, of course, going to the toy section because yeah. that's what always goes first. I know. I got to go over there after this and see if they still have that Kamala figure. Yeah, they had that. They had Undertaker, a few other ones, but you know, they I mean it's the big budget stuff and then obviously their exclusives, but yeah, a lot of horror movies now and stuff. Um, you know, I buy a few of them like with the Vestron series, I bought a few of them off of uh uh I love Dark Delicacies in Burbank, California. They offer a mail order service for anyone who's interested. A lot of times you can get whatever signed stuff. Like they just had Doug Jones and William Stout sign the Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, wow. Book. Um, you can buy it, I think, on the site right now, um, signed by both of them. And, uh, but, like, I got The Return of the Living Dead signed by, you know, a portion of the cast and director. Um, you know, and it's, you know, you pay a little more, but Dark Dell offers that as if you're in the SoCal area, you can pick it up for free or you can just order it. But uh, I love Dark Dell and stuff. They have amazing, but that's where I've been picking up a lot of editions. Like Tales of Halloween, which is on my top ten last year, I got a mm. completely signed deluxe version of it. So that was cool. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting coming up with a top ten horror for this year because I like, I don't know, I don't really think it was a really strong year for horror movies. It's gonna be. A, I mean, most of my top ten, of course, like most years, is horror. I felt like last year there was enough stuff like mad max and a few other titles that really weren't horror that i really enjoyed i also always look out for documentaries yeah and i have seen some good ones this year but nothing that blew me away um as much but i am um there's a few ones i am interested in seeing here i can pretty much tell you like my top three slots for movies that like you know aren't no one of them got a theatrical release yeah you know but it, it's just one of those things i just kind of th- I feel like mainstream horror is in a really bad spot right now. It's just like, oh, let's do the micro budget Bloomhouse thing. Yeah. Well, that's because it's going to make money. But I feel like A24 and a few other places, and obviously, like you said, the VOD thing, have at least offer. It's better than ever for filmmakers. Um, and also with Redbox and Netflix. I mean, like I said, I've seen a lot of great films. It's just 
so hard for I mean I I work full time I work a lot of extra hours I've got a band a couple bands I've got a lot going on I mean ever you guys do too yeah. but for me it's just really hard to keep up the way it was I can tell dude if something's not on VOD it makes it just that much harder for me to go see it you know yeah. and I live you know within walking distance of two movie theaters it's just like finding the time to do it is just difficult and I now work at a movie yeah, theater and true. I'm not watching movies I hear you. Yeah. No, 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 I know. And I, I I know the hours you're working yeah, too are crazy. Part of my job now is watching yeah. movies and for I, a living. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like uh, Victor was saying, I think on one of the last ones about like the Halloween horror challenge, like how many movies can you watch in October? And obviously like a lot of people inflate their figures, but I just feel like, man, God, some of you must be on the dole. There's no way anyone can watch this Dude, many well, fucking I, movies. I honestly feel, one, like, that's a, such a bullshit challenge because I'm like, I work at home. I'll, I'll watch like at least six movies a day, you know, that I have. So I could, oh, yeah, I could watch 31 movies in less than a week, you know. Boom, challenge done. I do feel a lot of these sites that make a big deal because like, today's movie was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Dude, pick something that's at least, you know, yeah. out of the, your beaten path, you know. True, true. That that's you know I I tend to commend people who do that and along those lines the the last movie I'll mention that uh, I saw that was like weird and interesting was this movie called uh, Evolution that just came out um, it's available on VOD it was playing at Valley Art last week mm-hmm. and it's directed by Gaspar Noe's um, longtime partner she has a weird name and I can't remember what it is right now. Um, it's about it was filmed in Spain and uh it's, it's about a village where there's only like prepubescent like male children and they're all being raised by you know very similar looking women who are like in their 30 you know 30s who wear just like you know plain dresses or whatever and they're examined medically all the time one of the kids he's swimming and he sees this uh corpse of a child with a starfish on his stomach and he's describing it to his mother and um you know she's like oh no we have to take you to the doctor and they're like did you see the starfish and blah 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 um all and then he just feels like he's being watched all the time by these other women and then all the the boys just kind of roam the empty town because there's no men and they find like lobsters and like you know oh it molted let's bury it and it doesn't really have a plot, but at the end it becomes – it's just vignettes kind of. And it's just very Lovecraftian. And when then what it ends up being is very similar to the movie Dagon, the Stuart Gordon movie. Oh, that sounds That's good. what I'll say. It's like it's super Lovecraftian. Which one was this called again? It's called Evolution. I was trying to think. There was another Lovecraftian, The Void. That was the other one. That yeah, that's I not to out see. yet. I wanted to see. Yeah, that. I know it was at uh, Beyond Fest. I really, I know it was described it comes as Lovecraft out next year. Okay, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that one. But yeah, it's it's a. But yeah, if you're like, if you're sensitive to like weird, like there's a lot of implied stuff in this movie, and like it, it would freak some people out. I think. But it's, it's very art housey, but yeah, it's a weird ass movie. I keep meaning to do a review of it, and I'm like, I just don't really know how to describe it, you know? But yeah, it's just very Lovecraftian and odd. 
And it's probably the last of the movies I've seen lately that's kind of worth, you know, like mentioning. We have a lot of reviews up on the website, but you can check those out. Those are just the ones that stick out because they're either very good or very terrible or somewhere in between. See, or that we just said we were going to review them, so we did. Yeah. Well, the collateral, I mean, like, I just went to town on that shit. I'm just like, this movie, this fucking movie. But this yeah. fucking movie right here. But a monster call. Like I said, I can't uh, – like the rev- the writing review is the, – the embargo for that is in January. But like, you know, I'm not spooling anything by saying you should really go see that movie. Yep. Well, we'll be back with the 50th here soon, so I don't know. What- oh, yeah. What are we going to do for the 50th? I don't oh, know. Anybody got any suggestions? Because we, oh. we're really trying to do – like go all out for it. But yeah. Well, I mean, we'll probably end up having, you know, to go all out for, you know, an episode or two. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we can get a guest. Maybe we need Adam a guest. Get someone from Draft House to come in, or maybe we can uh, do our year end top 10 or something. People like that. Or we can play a game. Those the game episodes are always popular. I do have, I do have a couple uh, challenges in Sweet. the queue. Mm-hmm. So, Sounds yeah, we've got lots of stuff coming up. But this was just like a general catch-up. So if you noticed us, we're kind of like – it's like one of those things where you have like a 20-pound bag of stuff, but you're trying to work it into like a five-pound box. So there's more stuff we'll talk about soon. But it's like this is just the stuff that we could get out there right now. You know? Thanks for waiting for a <laughs> month. Yeah. But uh, it's just life has been super busy, so – but we're happy that you guys have been checking out our reviews of things like Suicide Squad Extended Cut and uh, Doctor Strange and other things. That I feel like there was a really big review we did recently that I'm like totally missing. But they're you know they're all up on the website. And uh, if there's anything you guys want to see, just let us know and we'll try to talk about it. Do you want to see more Blu-ray or? Home media or more collectibles or more mainstream, just let us know. What's up next for Cult Classics? Uh, Lost, Boys oh, Lost Boys on January 14th. Seeing if we can maybe work out something to do a Friday the 13th related thing at a different venue. Ah. Uh, so we'll see. Can we get Joel Schumacher? I imagine he's pretty cheap right now. Right. We could probably get him. Corey Fabulous. Feldman will come out. Yeah, do you really want to put up with his angels? <laughs> I, I don't know if we can get the fell dog, but we yeah. might be only at Joe Schumacher, man. He's he's gone down pretty fast hill, so downhill pretty fast, so <laughs> however I arrange those words. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that would be pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah, there's some there's some good ones out there. I this is we've been doing a lot of anniversary screenings. You know, it people No, I mean we just I mean it's just crazy how many of our favorites are becoming that old. Yeah, well, I mean, to me, it's interesting just because it's hard to say, like, the last, you know, since the 21st century has not created a lot of movies that have that kind of appeal. I'm trying to think what we've shown in the 21st century here so far Life Aquatic, Donnie Darko. Yeah, Donnie Darko. But not a huge amount. No, Donnie Darko is one of our bigger screenings this year, though. That was just kind of a surprise being... because it wasn't originally looking like yeah. a huge, huge turnout, and then it kind of turned around at the end, I guess. Yeah. So well, I good. mean, that's the thing with doing revival movies. Like, 
you know, I like for Christmas, we wanted to do something different. So we did Adam's Family and Batman Returns. You know, Batman Returns clearly being the more popular one. But it's just one of those things where it's like we could have just as easily done Elf or Die Hard and sold the, both of those out. But we, you know, we got to have responsibility to spotlight different things too. Well, yeah, I'm one. I mean, I'm gay. Which, by the way, there's been a massive Die Hard revival. I, and I know it's the Christmas season and all that too, but I mean, I just know it's a huge. It's kind of like when certain other films have kind of hit the point where it's yeah. like, well, Adam's Family, for example, like the whole Wednesday obsession has become yeah. like a borderline, like, you know, I mean, between that, I mean, I understand there's like a lot of goth girls forever and, and pseudo goth girls who it's like if they can just find the perfect amalgam between Lydia and they sell Wednesday. those Wednesday dresses like at Hall- Spirit Halloween store. It's just mainstream. You know? Yeah. But I mean, it's like, you know, have some good fun. They're good movies. I like both of them a lot. It's just a matter of it's weird. how I mean, so many things have become it, the pop culture and just the, the cult iconography of some of this is just. But yeah, I Die Hard, I feel like this is the year Die Hard actually became a Christmas movie. Like I feel like like it's been slowly like, oh you guys, let's show Die Hard. That's a Christmas movie. And now it's AMC, Harkins, Cinemark, Draft every single theater in the valley has film bar have played that movie for at least a week this year. Do you month. know what the other one is? It's you know what it really is? Or it's, our planning. It's playing, the yeah. uh Ho ho ho! I've got a machine gun. Yeah, thing is the like it's almost like meme culture now. Like I see that everything is now that people making toys and all sorts of stuff. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I like that movie. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's just weird how stuff when you talk but about the here, elevation. Here's, here's of the it. other thing too that I feel has played a part in that is that Alan Rickman died this That's year. That's true. So it's yeah. more in the consciousness. Yeah, but Alan Rickman did so many movies. But, Speaking of which, we need to fucking show Galaxy Quest. If you want to see it, post it up. Let us know because yeah. I want to see it. I, I really feel like that's a modern. This is going to be eight. It's Christmas of 99 I saw it. So it'll yeah. be you know coming up on 17th anniversary. Now, in hindsight, that's probably one we should have played. Like, you know, and it's hard to do it. I think the reason we didn't do it is because it was one of those. It was He died like right after... We had done the Prince and David Bowie memorial screenings. And yeah, it's because it's been a really shitty yeah, year. This is this is one of those like Jesus Christ, what the hell kind of years. So it was more like, oh, and then I think Harkins did show up, but they did at Valley Art like once, and I was like, uh, you know, we probably could have done that, and it would have done well, but you know, we can't jump on that stuff because we don't have as much lead time as other places do sometimes. True. Yeah. You know, and I think that'll be the interesting thing this year with so many other places in town doing revival screenings now. This is kind of balancing it out because I don't want us to be doing the same thing that other people are doing, you know? True. Yeah. Well, and that's that's always the challenge. Everybody's kind of jumped on board, so. Yep. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. And like I said, if you have any comments, check out our website. Let us know what you think by leaving us a review on iTunes because that actually helps us out a lot. Just find us on iTunes and give us a couple stars. You know, just do it. It takes a minute and uh, subscribe. Subscriptions always help us out. And like I said, you can always talk to us on Facebook, on Twitter, 
and just if you see us in at a movie just let us go just let us know and say hey what's up all right so until next time i am one of your hosts victorino along with adam rakowski meow and kirby Till next time stay growly <laughs> <laughs>